What's up, Dune fans? Welcome back to the Do Not Enter podcast, where today we meet a sneaky doctor who's been blinded by spice and is doing anything but his job of saving another person's life. Again, I'm your host, Humphrey Shu, and joining me are my friends and co-hosts, Fillmore John. Hey, guys. And Nolan Zhang. Michal. Alright, well, we're already starting out with some Chinese. Uh, we'll get a pretty <laughs> Chinese name later, but thank you all for uh, taking time out of your schedule joining me today. Um, how have y'all's weeks been? Um, we Life just doesn't let up for us, really, as high schoolers. Right? So, I know, right? Yeah. Well, <laughs> um, well, Nolan, would you like to go first? Okay, well, actually, this week's been pretty chill, I guess. I guess the main highlight of my week was like when I was biking home from a debate tournament yesterday, and then just like seeing a kid pause on the street and then like looking at like a Corvette across the street and being like, damn, and I was like, what? That was so, so funny. And <laughs> like, she just like stopped and was like, what? I was like, what is he doing? Wow, dude, that guy has a taste <laughs> in cars. I yeah, know. he does. Yeah, does. That's something else. What a man of culture. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, my week was pretty uneventful as well. Oh yeah, our our soccer team. Uh, the JV A team beat the varsity team in a scrimmage. What? Yeah. Wait, wait, like, what? didn't y'all do this like before? Like, but varsity didn't have their full lineup or something. Yeah, but I mean, this time, I mean, they still didn't have their full lineup, but we still beat them, and they were low key kind of serious this time. Uh huh. Wow. So they took a fat L. <laughs> Damn. And we, and we haven't, we still haven't won a game yet, but they have. Oh really? Yeah. Wait, Why wait, can't how we... many, how many games have y'all played? Like, I think we played five so far. What's the record like? Like, we have like two ties and like three losses. Like, Oof. our offense is like, eh. tough. Yeah, so tough. we just gotta start scoring some more, some more goals. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. soccer is a hard game. I remember playing soccer. It is pretty hard. <laughs> yeah, I, I I quit pretty fast. I like never went to matches because I always had stuff to do on the, oh, the days where we had oh, games. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and then I remember there was some guy on my soccer team that like went up to my dad and keep in mind we were all third graders. And then he went up to my dad and was like, why does Humphrey never show up for soccer games? And then, then my dad was like, so confused, you know. <laughs> like, I mean, it, it, it is kind of a like, it's not a bad question. Like, he's not yeah. insulting. He's just like genuinely curious, I guess. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I made sure to show up the next one. But I mean, I had like <laughs> Chinese school and whatever, you know, more important things. More important things. Yeah. Dad gets home, asks yeah. you the question. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, yeah, my week has been pretty hectic i've been playing catch up um like i've been behind in school and then i've also been studying for like some math competitions so that's Whoa. always fun i've also had a i played in a master class for piano yesterday um, i kind of got roasted low-key by the by the professor but at least he okay. gave some good feedback you know as long as i do good in the competitions it doesn't matter mm-hmm. how i do the lessons you're right mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think yeah. just like knew that you were like a good example I, I don't know but he was yeah he was <laughs> pointing out stuff I mean, I, whatever yeah it's that's his job it's okay. yeah i'm improving you know, even though you know it doesn't feel good but as long as you get okay. better yeah that's okay um well enough discussion uh, we already spent like three minutes on that so uh, <laughs> nolan i'll let you take it away with the epigraph okay okay so let us start off today with the epigraph uh, let me find it I forget it's at the bottom of the page. <laughs> yeah, on our PDF it's at the bottom of the page. So yeah. originally I thought the previous chapter was way longer because I didn't see the epigraph. <laughs> and then, but yeah, I I don't think we should read this one though. It's kind of weird. Oh, uh, I I don't know. 
I don't explain. It's okay, guys. Y'all can read it. It's not really important, really, the words that it says. Right. But the main part that I noticed was that this it's a dictionary of Muad'Dib. So, you know, someone's getting a glossary in the back of their book. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and yeah. then, but even then, it's not like directly from a dictionary. It's actually from a bibliography, from an appendix of another book called Imperial Conditioning and Betrayal. Wow, yeah. So, I guess, like, Dr. Yua got so famous that, like, he got his own book written about him. I think oh. it's like a what do you call it, like a case study of like because uh-huh. like, yeah it's like he was like the one of few betrayals that ever happened to imperial conditioning right mm-hmm. some sort of biography yeah, <laughs> yeah. It case very interesting definitely because i mean no. even fade routh referenced it earlier you know it's imperial conditioning no one's ever heard of a subversion so mm-hmm. you know it must be it must be something interesting for the other people to study yeah i guess right. that's one way to go down history yeah <laughs> And then I guess more importantly, though, I just wanted to look at like the pronunciation of Doctor Yua's name or the like, romanization of it. It looks like to me, at least, it's like some type of like, Chinese name. Like uh-huh. at least it's a little different. The actual book because in the actual book, it's got like a Y and then like U with a double dot and then apostrophe E with like a flat tone. So it reminded yeah. of the Pinyin Chinese, like yeah. E and then E and then so I don't know. I thought like just like the Pinyin mixed with this very English last name of Wellington. It's just kind of funny to me because like, right. Maybe? I also saw this. Oh. I also kind of googled how to pronounce Yue, and then like it says they like, have this spelling on Pinyin, which is basically phonetic spelling of Chinese characters. Yeah, it's uh, it's actually pronounced like Yue, you know. And of course, <laughs> yeah, not, not yeah. everyone can say that. But I mean, so I think we'll just keep saying Yue because I think it's easier. Yeah, for consistency sake, yeah, for consistency people stick with Yue. Yeah, most people kind. Of, I mean, people. I've seen people. A lot of people agree on Yue. You know, but of Ew, course, like, so... yeah, that sounds so gooey. It sounds like anime, like like yeah. Yue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My God, bro. Oh, my. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, if anybody has has a definitive pronunciation written by I don't know, pronounced by Herbert or or something you know please just some sort of official but yeah i mean that's that's very interesting i also want to point out here that his wife juana marcus is actually bene Gesserit, so bg oh. yeah uh-huh. i don't know if you'll notice that but it's 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 pretty interesting you know that the that dr ua has to tie to the to the bene Gesserit. And then another thing Boy, here, and also which is, I guess, more relevant, is that uh, we have a dates. We finally get dates. We we get placement on you know when, mm-hmm. yeah, what when each thing happens, right? So here we get we're around the ten thousandth year, right? Mm-hmm. It's not that far off. It's, yeah, it's not. Eight, really. the, only eight thousand years. Only eight thousand years. Only eight. Eight, 8, 8 millennia. <laughs> Yeah, only eight, like four <laughs> times longer than since you know, since Jesus died, right? <laughs> since Paul died, because Paul is Jesus. Oh, right, right, right. Oh, gonna... <laughs> Christians don't cancel us. <laughs> we are not blasphemizing. Anyways. Uh... Yeah, so I think we'll move actually into the book now. Um, so we actually pick up right where we left off. Um, Paul just got his treatment from the masseuse, or masseuse, yeah. Who is the the massager, right? Um, and then after his workout with Gurney and and the 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 doll, right, the training figure. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I think another thing that I noticed from at least the beginning of the chapter was that we swapped the point of views because the last time the last chapter we ended off on like Gurney Halleck's point of view where he's like describing his fears of Arrakis and like his like mother's poem or something like the sauna he was singing. 
but like this time we start off with Paul's point of view and just like Paul like well not really Paul's point of view because it's kind of third person we kind of see more of Paul's thoughts so like we kind of see it more from his perspective at least in this environment you know yeah, yeah what was the last time we got Paul's point was it was it chapter three right because wait no was it the last chapter um I think the last chapter we might have gotten like a mix like yeah oh yeah like we got break. we got a little bit yeah we got a little bit of his i think the uh -huh. only chapter we've had fully paul's point of view or like majority is chapter one right yeah where he like he went under the gum jabbar because chapter three we had a lot of jessica and we had a little bit of paul but uh -huh. mainly jessica and then chapter one i think was and of course chapter two was the harkonnens and then chapter one was really when when we had paul as a as a main pov Right, and here we get a description of Yue, too. Uh, he's described as a stick figure, uh, which is uh, not that great, considering uh, people tell me when I draw stick figures, you know, they say, you know, <laughs> you're 17, you should know how to draw at least, like... Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, nope, I'm only drawing stick figures. <laughs> yeah, but he's described as a stick figure. He has wrinkled black clothing, the square block of a head with purple lips and drooping mustache, the diamond tattoo of imperial conditioning on his forehead, the long black hair caught in the suck school's silver ring at the left shoulder. So, well, I mean, first off, you know, he has wrinkled black clothing, so he's not too neat, right? He has, oh, just has a, a question. Yeah. Go ahead. But do y'all think the clothing is like how we dress, or like do you think it's like something like robes or something? I imagine robes. Oh, yeah, because like yeah. A, doc a doctor wears like those white. Are they robes? Like the doctor uh, jacket thing? Yeah, I actually don't know what that is called. I guess oh, like oh, oh shoot, an overcoat. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I mean I can't say lab coat, but it's kind of similar. It's similar, yeah. Yeah. Um. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, I, I I just imagine that too, but it would be black, mm -hmm. right? And kind of you know wrinkly, not not too neat. Not too yeah. fine. I mean, and then he also has a square block of a head. Not to make fun of Yue, but that reminds me of Minecraft. <laughs> yeah, oh, wow. Square block. Is Yue a villager secretly? Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but he has a purple lips and a drooping mustache. And then, of course, the more important stuff is at the end, right? A diamond tattoo of imperial conditioning, which we know he has that. It's on his forehead, interestingly. And then he has... The suck Ooh. schools kind of symbol, right? That he graduated there. He um, must have had a big forehead to have that on his. <laughs> Honestly, just a stamp. <laughs> yeah, just yeah, just. I mean, it's a diamond stamp too. I wonder if it's real Ooh. diamonds. You know? Hey, diamond oh, from like Minecraft. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> Anyways, he can carry sixty-four of them. Anyway, yeah. Uh, right. I'm so wondering, oh, yeah. like, I feel like. Earlier on, we read about someone who may have had a, like something on their forehead as well. I'm not sure. Like I don't quite remember who it was. I don't know. I mean, was it that girl from um, his Paul's dream? Do you think? I no, I don't think. Girl? I think it was more of her eyes that we looked into. Oh, I think, right. Yeah, yeah. More and I don't eyes, think. Yeah. yeah, I don't think we like made fun of uh, the the girl from the dream. And then yeah, I, don't think yeah. we made fun I was of also girl. thinking like. Pitter, but not really, I guess. We yeah, didn't make Pitter, other than his sadistic nature. I don't know, mm -hmm. yeah, uh, yeah, so uh, maybe like the Reverend Mother. Maybe, yeah. Uh, well, I, I mean... We did I, make fun of her, I think. Yeah, I think we, we kinda, made fun of her a couple of times. Yeah, I don't know, though, I don't remember. But I don't really remember them mentioning I, mean, I guess like the about. Imperial stamp, you know, like... Yeah, yeah like, it would make sense, then... yeah, it might make sense if, like, it was just, like... Maybe, yeah. ...branded all their humans, I, I, that's a little, that's a little serious, but, you know... Perhaps, right, I don't know. Mark them. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, 
probably I'll look for that later if someone wants to you know if anyone wants to email us and let us know too <laughs> uh, if y'all remember from our previous episodes because we don't you know so um, we get some a look at some interesting technology here uh, it's called the film book viewer and I mean I think we get some more ideas of it in the next pages but what do y'all think it looks like I, I can't really you know imagine what it looks like uh, I'm not really sure why, but how I kind of view it as kind of like a Amazon Kindle Fire, because like uh, when I hear the word film and the word book, I kind of think of it as like a black and white part of a film, and then it's like right. stick it to like a film, so like a photo album. I don't know. Maybe I don't know. What do you think, Phil? Well, well, I mean, I was thinking that it was more like the hologram projectors from Star Wars, except oh, it's yeah. like for learning and like showing off a video of like oh. whatever topic it's about. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, I guess like yeah. holograms, yeah, mainly a sci-fi, you know, a lot of holograms. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's I think true. that makes sense. I don't know why it's called a book, though. Like, do they, like, literally flip the pages? Yeah, I mean, I don't know why it's like a book, because I was thinking more like a documentary. Right, yeah, I don't know. That's, I mean, Imagine we don't have that like much the... to... I think the, the, ne- the other piece of technology that we get to see later that UA has, you know, is more interesting. So I think we'll yeah. leave this slide for now, but we'll definitely see more film, film books, you know, later, because... I mean, it seems like their way of, you know, recording videos. Yeah. Um, or, I guess, yeah. So, why do y'all think UA has been, like... Why do you think UA has Paul, you know, wasting his time? Why do you think Paul... Like, why do you think he thinks Paul has been wasting his time? Because... Is it because, like, he was fighting instead of studying? You know, like, those teachers that, that are, like, well, oh, you know... You, yeah, you've been horsing around too much instead of studying. Or, like, your, like, coach, you know, stop studying so much and come play sports, you know. So maybe it's like that, since we know that UA is mainly his, like, professor, right? Oh, yeah, but I kind of feel like it's kind of different, because, like, maybe, like, he was wasting his time, because he felt like, because we know from the epigraph that Dr. Yue is the betrayer, so maybe I feel like he feels like he's wasting his time because he's about to die. Yeah, I was like, wasting time left. Yeah, like, like, why is he not enjoying himself? Like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> That's so dark. I, I think he just yeah. thinks it's like there's no point him in training anymore because like yeah, he knows that he's most that. likely gonna die. Yeah, I mean, and he also still gives him like lessons and stuff, you know, just uh-huh. I guess to keep up the facade of, you know, oh, I'm not, I'm not here to betray y'all. I'm just a nice teacher, yeah. you know. Nothing's, nothing's going on here. Look the other direction. <laughs> just to keep things at normal, right? right so, yeah, I don't know. I'm just a nice guy. And then we also find out. <laughs> Wana, you know, is his dead wife. So we know Wana's his wife because they said it in the epigraph, right? But yeah. Wana is his dead wife. So why does Yue want to ensure that she can't be hurt when she's already dead? You know, it just doesn't make mm. sense. Yeah, I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah, uh, as well. I have a far-fetched theory for that. Uh-huh. I feel like maybe Doctor Yue is religious because we don't really clarify much about like the religion that they live in. But I know, like in a lot of religions, they do care a lot about how their dead is like like placed or like how the dead is like kept right so you want to yeah, hold their hand the right? yeah, yeah like maybe he's scared of they like desecrator or something i don't know maybe mm-hmm. yeah i mean and also i just noticed that like um it, this actually will support the theory that i had for this in the epigraph i actually just noticed this now if you look at wana's life like like age right so like it goes from 10 9 10 10,092 to 10,186 question marks. So basically the historians don't know like when she died, right? So 
yeah, maybe she never died, or maybe like she she's still alive right now, because you know later Ua is kind of still thinking like, oh, you know, my she he like he still talking about dead Wana, you know, to Paul, even though he it still says, oh, I want to make sure they can't hurt my Wana. So maybe like Ua is being manipulated, like hostage mm -hmm. situation, right? If that makes sense. Wait, yeah, yeah. Since since it is ten thousand one hundred eighty six though, and like they talk about his wife's death as as like something kind of recent, that means uh, Doctor Yue, because like the first one in the epigraph, there's no question mark next to it. Right. So that means he's probably gonna die soon as well. Yeah, and but actually not. Wait. I don't not soon. I mean, it says it's still five years, right? So. I don't no, but know. we don't know. They never review how long ago it, his wife's death was. Right. All we yeah. know is that she died. Yeah, Ooh. I guess maybe maybe it is around this time. Yeah, that that's that's actually interesting, right? Yeah, I so, know this time. yeah, so that we're like rapidly spinning up towards the important plot points, I guess. Mm -hmm. Right. Um. Yeah, that, that's a good catch. I just I like I thought I thought you know that that was all in the epigraph, but this epigraph had so much it's like a gold mine of information, you know. So. <laughs> Right. Um, but uh, we get this word tyrannic, you know, used to describe Dune. So it basically means like earthly or from the earth. Right. So it's kind of interesting that Arrakis has life forms kind of similar to Earth. So what do you all think? Like, um, I well, don't I, know. well, I was thinking tyrannic was more like ground. Yeah. Um, not so exactly so, Earth. Right. When I searched it up, it was like, it was like ground, you know? So I was like, because uh -huh. they don't mention like the sandworms and like we kind of know that sandworms live underground so that's kind of like it's like ground creature underground you know yeah, yeah maybe i mean i just kind of envisioned and it's pretty far-fetched i just kind of envisioned that you know Arrakis has some ties to earth as we know it today because like in a lot of sci-fi they describe actually i don't remember where this is from but they describe earth as like terra you know oh. and stuff so i mean it's it's, it's very far-fetched but i do believe Arrakis has some forms of of yeah Earth, maybe similar Earth similarities right yeah. i mean that lizard i don't know but yeah that's interesting i, I don't yeah. i mean i'm not saying arrakis is earth because that literally makes zero sense but mm -hmm. uh yeah I'm, I'm saying that maybe you know there's some i don't know uh -huh. some yeah i don't think it's from a... earth or resemble yeah. earth yeah perhaps. invasive intergalactic invasive species <laughs> <laughs> oh my god uh so we get a mention of Dr. Kynes. So, actually, Dr. Kynes, you know, it's a familiar name because we've actually seen it before. Uh, in Chapter 2, uh, Peter mentions Dr. Kynes in his master plan, right? Dr. Kynes is the, the planetary plan. ecologist that will actually prevent Leto from hiding amongst the Fremen. So, it's pretty interesting that they pick this planetary ecologist, right? But, uh, I mean, we don't know much else, so I'm going to move on from this. So... But just something to keep in mind. This Doctor Kynes figure. Yeah. I wanted. I want to see what he, what he looks like. You know, I'm kind of interested. Or she. We're not. Or she. Yeah. yeah we're know. not assuming. Maybe they referred to him as he. I don't know. Oh, I really? Know. I don't know. We'll uh, see. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, I also like wanted to mention that like when Doctor Yua, like when he's like talking to Paul and like just the thoughts that he's having to himself. He mentions this one weird quote, like, I play the Hick Booker even with myself. I, I never quite understood that, and I kind of just assumed he meant something like, why am I lying to myself because I'm still helping Paul even though I'm going to kill him, right? That's what I kind of thought. Kind of. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I, I couldn't really interpret this quote either, because hypocrite 
it generally means like oh you tell everybody to to do something and they don't do it but maybe like if he plays it with himself is he telling himself to do something and not doing it you know yeah. I, I don't know. has a strong connotation yeah it's, it's a very strong word so i don't know why he calls himself a hypocrite in relation to like himself right it's very weird i don't know uh well, i could I... not interpret that quote so yeah yeah um that is a good thing to keep in mind i guess uh, maybe probably ua's actions will explain that more than anything else in the, in the next few chapters yeah, we'll see like how he, how it plays out because right. it'll probably explain itself. Yeah, so we'll move on here to um, kind of this social, I, I guess the dem demographics of Arrakis. So we get these two groups of people. Uh, one's the Fremen, which we already know about, and then the other is the Grabin, Sink, and Pan, interestingly enough. So are these like three individual tribes? I mean, they have really interesting names, you know, Grabin, mm -hmm. Sink, and Pan. What do y'all think? Um, do y'all think, like, do, do these guys, like, live in the desert? Or, like, are they different from the Fremen? Well, I searched the word grab them because I was like, grab them because I was like, the, I've never encountered that word before. And supposedly it meant, like, in between, like, two, like, like earthquake faults, there's, like, this little dip of land in between. Uh, and that's what, like, the grabbing is. Maybe that's oh. where they stay. Like, maybe that's the, yeah. the, the grab and make their homes in those places, maybe. I mean, it is a desert, so, like, I guess you don't want to be, like, on the same level as, like, the sandstorm, you know? Yeah, you don't want to get blown Definitely. Away. You're you going to have get your the skin ripped away. off your bones, you know? That's yeah. not that, not, that's not an appeal. That is not that. ideal. Yeah, so, I, I guess. Um, I, I kind of also imagine that these people are city dwellers, like the grab and sink of pan, because later we see, I mean, I think Nolan, you took this quote right. Polish comes from the cities and the wisdom from the desert. Oh yeah. So it is said like the the men of the grabbing men marry the Fremen woman, and then the the Fremen men marry the grabbing woman, right? And, <laughs> and then so I don't know. Uh, that's what I kind of think. I guess yeah. maybe that's the two two the one's the city and one's the desert, right? Yeah, so maybe yeah, like, some sort of underground city, not yeah. like uh -huh. above ground because the storms or like the worms would get to it. Yeah, or I guess urban, I guess is the best. Way yeah, was, maybe they're just like urban metropolis regions, you know, uh, on the yeah. dune planet. Yeah. yeah, but if it is like underground though, I feel like the worms would still be able to get to it. So maybe I mean, maybe I'm, I'm sure they have like protocol to fight the worms and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> running away. <laughs> <laughs> that, is, that is yeah, fight or flight, <laughs> second option. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Valid. <laughs> Valid. Yep. Uh, so okay. So I think this is actually the most. This next chunk we're getting into is the biggest revelation. Um, we figure out the blue eyes are from saturating the blood with melange. So now we can we can assume that melange is a drug, right? Because uh -huh. like saturating the blood and then you know like yeah. So do you think that melange is the spice? Because I mean, the one piece of evidence I'll point out here is that Pitter had had blue eyes, right? Like fully blue eyes, and then mm -hmm. it's known that he was addicted to the spice. So I mean, what do y'all think? Well, I mean, I think this basically confirms that spice is the source of blue eyes. So you, so you agree speculating like, so far? So you agree that spice and melange are the same thing, right? So, yeah. But didn't like earlier on in the book, I forgot. I think in the second chapter, 
there was like mention of two other spices and i think like this may just be like one of the couple oh, spices right. yeah oh so there's different spices. variants of the spice yeah maybe, maybe. that's what i think maybe the, is this maybe the spice is just a general reference to all the drugs you know it's like this uh, like yeah. a family of drugs or something yeah maybe yeah, yeah perhaps um and i also was kind of curious because melange you know it's the spice and then spice is i mean Baron Harkonnen said that the spice is expensive, you know, and that your pleasures are what tie you to me, right? But, <laughs> but how did the Fremen get hold of, you know, the, like are they are they using it too? If they're, I mean, I thought they were broke, you know. I mean, it is their yeah. home planet, so I'm sure they have their own like <laughs> I mean, way I, of collecting the spice. I mean, because I know that they they like collect the spice by mining or something, right? Or they, they... Maybe it's a copium, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're just coping, you know. They can't, so they steal it. I don't know, but I don't know coping if, like, and doping. I don't know if Melange could just naturally like seep through your skin or something, or Whoa. because like if they can't use it, right? I don't know. Uh-huh. I think it's interesting. I, I mean, I'm probably speculating too far, but something to keep in mind. Mm-hmm. Um, right, but it's it's nice that we get to know this because we've been using the spice in every single one of our intros, and we will keep using it. But yeah, uh, but it's it's great, you know. At least now mm-hmm. we know. We finally get like a full blown explanation. Yeah, mm-hmm. or maybe it's not like one hundred percent clear, but but like a like reveal. Ninety nine percent, you know. We can like connect the yeah. dots here. I think we could safely assume Melange's spice. Right, so that that's nice to know. Um, we get a description of the Fremen here too, which is something I, I really love. This um, quote: "They compose poems to their knives. Their women are as fierce as the men. Even Fremen children are violent and dangerous." Like, mm-hmm. wow, you know that's yeah. It sounds really similar knives. to like the Spartans yeah, back in yeah. ancient Greece. I was gonna say something like Native American like war tribes, you know, but that definitely is probably better Spartans. Yeah, Spartans are. Yeah, they seem like the type of people to, you know, compose a poem to their knives, compose a poem mm-hmm. to their swords, right? That's, I mean, that's very, I mean, I guess it's environmental conditions force them to be that way, right? Yeah, because of the extreme climate and, like, you know, the Harkonnens are there as yeah, well, they so they always have a threat. Yeah, uh, we know they hate the Harkonnens. They're probably, you know, they probably compose a poem to their knife about killing the Harkonnens or something. Stab. Yeah, right. I stabbed the Harkonnens for money. Oh, like, <laughs> no. But just yeah. a question, do y'all think then the knife is a point of worship then? Because I know a lot of cultures, they do like celebrate their knives. Like, they I mean, this reminds me of Saint Alia of the Knife. Yeah, oh yeah, that's true. I don't know, I don't oh, know if yeah. that's, I, that just popped into my mind. I don't know if that's at all connected, because it's, but, you know. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah, also, do you think their knives could could be made out of like the teeth of the sandworms? Maybe oh. I mean I mean they I mean I don't know what the sandwich teeth are made of but they look scary so yeah they look razor sharp yeah so as mentioned maybe, earlier I mean I'm, I'm sure know. the Fremen have a protocol in place to how to kill sandworms you know mm-hmm. right I don't know. I like kind of imagine for some reason that the Fremen and the sandworms have this like relationship kind of like the Native Americans and the buffalo <laughs> like. Oh, yeah. oh yeah, and then they have to wipe out the buffalo in order to like move the Native Americans. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I also oh. think like maybe they take stuff off the sandworms, like you know how they took like the hide of the buffalo became like teepees, and then they took like the meat to eat, right? And then the the teeth they took as like for like bow arrows, right, and stuff. So I think yeah, maybe I don't know. I'm just imagining, but yeah. Um. So and also we get like the women like. Even Fremen children are violent and dangerous, you know. So we're already getting kind of a segregation, right, between the between the Fremen children and 
pole. We are we already had some segregation, you know, in on uh Caledon, right? But here we get more segregation. So what do y'all think? Like, well, like they're already keeping them away, you know. I don't know. I mean, I feel like personally, like I guess from because he's from a royal family, I guess you don't want your kids intermingling with like kids who like grew up in a very violent manner, maybe. Right. Like, yeah, because you don't want like a rotten apple to ruin the whole barrel or Yeah, something like it reminds that. me of that in, in Chinese culture, a lot of times, you know, if you come from a rural, like, place, you know, you're, like, heavily looked down, looked down upon by city dwellers, you know, Yeah, like. also because like they also seem really strong, and maybe they're just fearful that like it might be a security risk or something. Maybe, Yeah. yeah, like, you know, you have this whole, these war, unpredictable warlike people, you know, maybe one of them is like, oh, Paul beat me at soccer today, and I'm gonna kill him, <laughs> or something like that. Right. Um, Yeah. right. So yeah, I think, I don't, I don't know. I don't know much about why, I mean, I guess for safety reasons, right. But I think we can move on from that. Yeah. Okay, so I guess like knowing that Paul is like the Muad'Dib by now, do you wonder like when he got the premonition of like what a people to win as allies after the description of the Fremen? Do you think that came like as a premonition because of like him being like a prophetic messenger, or do you think that was just a stray thought that came across his mind? Um, I'm more inclined to believe it's a stray thought, because, Yeah, I agree with that. yeah, because, I mean, there's, it's just maybe admiration, you know, kind of, oh, these people are so cool, and I, I want to be just like them. Kind of reminds me of Teddy Roosevelt, because, you know, Teddy really admired the West, and then he even had, like, he, he took a picture in, uh, hunt, like, a studio with his hunting gear and other stuff on, right, but he... But really, he he was, he was just in a studio. But I mean, later he moved out west and did all that stuff. Maybe Yeah. this is just Paul, you know, admiring, right, like the other people's life. Yeah, he just admires Yeah. their lifestyle and their like Yeah. warlike uh characteristics. Yeah. I mean, after all, he he himself is also a warrior. After all, like he's training Mhm. Mm to become one, so he that definitely makes sense. knows how to fight. Uh Yeah. huh. Um. Yeah. So I don't know. I guess it's just admiration at this point. So, um, yeah, so we get more about the sandworms here. Uh, they're interesting creatures. <laughs> they, they can get huge, you know, 400 meters. I can't even imagine that. Like, imagine It's one like thing one, just stretching out yeah. 400 meters, right? It's more than one thousand feet when I Yeah, searched it up. it's crazy. Yeah, for all us Americans, we don't understand meters. Sorry. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> 400 it's like meter sticks. yeah. Yeah. It's like the school track, like being straightened out, basically. Oh, right. Oh, Yeah, well, that's that's crazy. humongous. Yeah, that's humongous. <laughs> Yeah, to, to it's a quarter mile, basically. yeah, that's that's crazy. Holy, yeah, wow. Yeah, so I mean, the sandworms <laughs> is is our mascot and the symbol of our podcast. yeah, yeah, we finally I got would, here. Yeah. mm -hmm. I would love to jump in that gaping mouth. <laughs> Oh well, oh okay. well. Uh, that's that is your personal <laughs> preference. That is not mine. yeah, I don't know about Anyways, that. okay, okay. Well, that was sarcasm, <laughs> if you couldn't tell. But yeah. I thought the worms kind of gave me the chills because, like, the Humongous. their description and like their their just uh, I just thought that it was they were kind of creepy. Uh-huh. Yeah, definitely. I mean, they remind me of some other worms, like, from, from other movies. Yeah. Yeah, like I've seen some of the like, games and stuff, just like chewing through the earth, you know. Yeah, and then they would, like, steal your stuff or something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That's just. Yeah, these these things are you know monstrous. They're scary, frightening. Yeah, I I want I want and I want to know more because Yeah. I'm, fortunately they're not on Earth. So, <laughs> Very good stuff. right. So.
Um, I think we'll move on to like a little bit about geography. I think Nolan had something to say. Right. So when I was reading this passage, it just felt like something stood out to me. Um, just geographically, how they described it, I'm going to give a guess and say that the cities are somewhere in the north or they live either near the equator because they keep referring to this area called like the desert belt, which reminds me of like Earth's pressure belts of like wind and stuff. But then they also mentioned like the South Polar regions where like the desert storms are really fierce, like the worms live. So I'm just like guessing that like they avoid the like from their description it seems like a either a equator or like they live in the North Pole or something. Yeah, and I guess I mean they even talked about you know like the storms and stuff, and then wait, did did they point out some specific place that was uninhabitable? Like, oh, uh, they just keep referring to like. The further south you go or something, I don't know. Yeah, maybe, like, I think it says something like the Desert Belt and the South Pole or something. Yeah, the Desert Belt and South Polar regions are marked uninhabitable. Oh, okay, that's a book. Okay, yeah, that's uh-huh. good, yeah. Uh, yeah, and, the, and they're, like, talking about the storms, right? So I guess it's polar regions, and I'm assuming the, the equator is the safe, the, the less windy place, right? Yeah. I mean, it like, reminds me of Jupiter, you know, the Great Red Spot is more towards the south. Like further south, that oh, is like closer to the equator, I think. That's true. Oh, I was yeah. thinking like the Sahara Desert is like a desert belt as well. Oh, yeah, something like so that. So, do y- y'all imagine desert belt as like the equator? It's like a strip. maybe. I don't know. Uh, I thought it was like a strip or something, like close to the equator. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Those storms, though, you know, definitely stay out of those storms. That's, yeah. They do not sound fun. I don't want my skin ripped off my bones. You know, mm-hmm. that is not. Um, but it, it's like really interesting too. I want to kind of end the discussion by saying, like, any place can be made habitable, right? They said they assert this. You know, they're very confident. Mm-hmm. So I'm mean, kind of interested in seeing how they accomplish that. You know? Yeah, I want to see that. Yeah, I mean, we already talked about this weather control stuff, and I, I don't even remember what episode it was. Probably one. But yeah, but I, I'm still interested in seeing. You know, because they're they're so confident, right? And mm-hmm. of course, yeah. we know these this large scale weather manipulation just is not plausible yet you know in our in our society so i want to see how they do that right so okay. yeah um, moving on i want to talk about when was dr yue was giving the gift to paul it just seemed like to me that the relationship between paul and dr yue seemed different because it's not like gurney halleck or dufir hawat where like paul was more com- comrades with them but rather i feel like i'm getting this feel of like a tutor student relationship because he just doesn't seem that close it's kind of like worry of a gift for some reason yeah i guess it's it is a tutor student i mean i think paul kind of i mean because yue kind of gives us this kind of cold vibe you know like a professor vibe <laughs> yeah um so i don't know uh yeah i i don't, I don't think there's that much more to say maybe it's like some respect right mm mm-hmm. mhm I think mainly just wariness and kind of because i think they just have more of a professional relationship where it's like an actual teacher student thing right yeah maybe that's also why he gets a title of doctor in the book instead of like <laughs> getting called their first names yeah maybe um right so we actually get here the gift um it's the orange catholic bible which is something that we've been waiting to see right since because we yeah. saw i think what was it, the Balearian Jihad and the Orange Catholic uh-huh. Bible in the mm-hmm. first chapter. Um, so it's there's so much technology, too, associated with I'm, like, drooling, you know. It's, I, like, love tech. It's made of filament paper, 
which I assume it's like super thin and foldable paper, right? It, it has its own like, and then I'll keep reading more about you know the specifications here. It, it has its own magnifier and electrostatic charge system. The book is held closed by the charge, which forces against spring-locked covers. You press the edge, thus, and the pace, pages you've selected repel each other, and the book opens. You know, so that's just crazy stuff. You know, they have an electrostatic charge system, a magnifier. Right, and then it's like, and then there's like a charge that like holds the book, so like it's probably like the pages are charged, you know, and then they can like manipulate the charges in the pages, you know, because like opposite charges repel and stuff. That's just crazy, and and it's also eighteen hundred pages in a space the size of Paul's thumb, like, yeah, that is that's kind of crazy. Yeah, I don't know. Have you guys tried folding paper? Oh yeah, I was doing it just today. Actually, I was like in class and I was like folding. It was like, fold. yeah, I only got like fold like five or six times. I think like it's only supposed to, like regularly fold till seven, I think. Mm -hmm. And yeah, then you need a hot hydraulic press or something. Yeah, I need to watch the video. I actually haven't seen like, like like them pushing paper. Imagine it's a small square of paper and they put a hydraulic press on it. It's like... I know, yeah. right? It's crazy because it's eighteen hundred pages. You know, like imagine a stack of like. 1800 pages of like copy paper you know i don't know how much i don't know what the how much copy paper comes in like but you know it's well, it's, it's, yeah. it's massive you know it's so much and then yeah paper is a lot stronger than you would think it is yeah they have like a lot of it's a lot of compression you know it's that, the trees guys yeah that's absolutely crazy um <laughs> i, I want to see this actually makes me so much more curious about the technology. Why can't they print it, not gonna lie? Just like, I think of it as like a nano chip, just like how we make those, just like use a microscope and it's like super, like make it super small. Uh-huh. It's like a bunch of words. Oh, right. And then, oh yeah, like they would kind of like etch the words, but it's like super small. Yeah. And then that's why you need the magnifier. Uh-huh. That's, that's very, very interesting. Yeah. That's uh, drooling at the prospect of new technology at this point. Yeah, um, yeah, but I'll, I'll, you know, keep moving um, because I don't want to get hung up on tech that we don't fully understand. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, we get we get a little bit about U.S. So he's some he's some dark guy, really. When like when I was reading this, I just kept thinking, wow, dude, U.S. messed up. You know, he he says. I give him the surcease of religion before betraying him. Thus may I say to myself that he has gone where I cannot go. And he also says, I must catch his mind as well as his cupidity. So, um, by the way, cupidity means like greed. You know, it's like greed for like mm -hmm. possessions or money. So, <laughs> Paul is <laughs> just some love. kid. Yeah, t I mean, I guess it's tough love, but he's, he's just some kid. You know, like, you know, you guys got to stop scheming and plotting and he's just he's just like man up and slip a kinjal into his ribs you know <laughs> like if he's so inclined but i don't know it's just so yeah you should just get the job done yeah just get it done right <laughs> i don't know he'll be so nice right i now. feel like it's just not it's not only paul that he needs to take out probably yeah i think he gets to take a leader right i think yeah, the so timing he, has he, to be more perfect yeah just needs to wait for the time I mean, yeah okay yeah i, I, I get that but I mean, synchronize i guess yeah yeah, I get that. Um, get the military watch, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> you know, gentlemen, you know, sync our clocks or sync, synchronize yeah. your watches. Like at 0300 o'clock, we're going to attack Lido or something. Yeah. <laughs> well, except for it's just him, you know, the one. And uh -huh. I guess him and Kynes. <laughs> like, Dr. Kynes going, yeah, dude, they're, they're conspiring.
Yeah. Um, but I mean, he's just Paul. Like, can't think that deep. You know, he's just. That's true. Yeah, Lido, uh, not Lido. Um, UA is just really, you know, kind of He's the imposter. exhausted here. Yeah, he's an imposter. He's Figuring out one event. You know. too good. <laughs> Too yeah. good. Uh, anyways, so I mean, UA overreacts really hard to Paul's reading. You know, he like told him to read, and then Paul found the wrong page, and like UA, you Yes. know, he has this <laughs> way of reaction, which like kind of supports. My idea of that maybe like one is not dead, right? but I'll think. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that mainly just like Yue is like freaking out because super traumatizing for him. Yeah, Like, some sort of PTSD. maybe, like maybe it is a life, but maybe like she suffered something terrible before she, like before they got separated or something. Like he's just having flashbacks or something. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because mainly because it seems so out of character for UA because. Yeah. He seems like this kind of cold, calculating guy that doesn't... But, I mean, he's he just so has, like, smart. this burst of emotion, so it's really unexpected, Uh-huh. you know. Um, but I guess, yeah, if it's tied to his wife, I guess it should be warranted. You know, he definitely has some trauma there. He's smart, man. <laughs> I um, mean, yeah, he is very intelligent. Yeah, I mean, didn't didn't say, like, you know, a lame black and treachery, but bright in knowledge. He did go to the suck school, after all. Yeah, <laughs> go to the suck school, you know, where they produce Although, not suck people. yeah, although, like, in this case, maybe it did suck because he has betrayed them. Because <laughs> he is betraying them, so that kind of sucks. But anyway, But I was that's just all. thinking that maybe Yeah. he's also, like, freaking out because maybe he's just too on edge, you know? Because, like, he is trying to, like, really hard to justify to himself that, like, oh, he's doing this, like, it's okay because it's all for his life, right? But maybe I feel like Paul is maybe sensing this, like, this inner turmoil because he is, like, a Bene Gesserit training, right? He Yeah. does know to pick up on stuff like this. And I feel like overall... Dr. Yu is already like a super cautious guy. Like just his, like right now his situations make him double guess everything. It's like make him really awkward to be around. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It also contrasts his personality, too, because, I mean, I feel like he just doesn't feel like he has all the things in control, you know. Yeah, he's so twitchy He's kind right of, now. yeah, he is the imposter, as you said earlier. He's just kind of here, you know, he doesn't belong. Cause, I mean, at least he doesn't. I mean, because, like, you know, when you steal something and you're trying to, like, sneak it out or whatever, right? Like, let's say, like, take someone else's pencil, right? And then you're going to be, like, super cautious, like, oh, did anyone see that, you know? Yeah. Oh, or yeah. something right so maybe that's what you he's just kind of like double triple you know Triple guessing himself. yeah guessing himself yeah quadruple Yeah. guessing he's just you know calculating Super everything unsure possibilities of everything. yeah Mm -hmm. i don't know um yeah it's it's definitely very out of character for him and i wanted to mention something really quickly here like about paul's terrible purpose you know he said he said it's like he felt the stirring of his terrible purpose You know, so I'm not going to talk about this too much because I, like, Yeah, I, I wasn't I don't thinking really about know. it because it was, like, speculation. I, I was thinking about it would probably be too much speculation, but Yeah, we don't have much it's, like, to go off yeah, for but, that I mean, one. it's something to keep in mind. And I also wanted to touch on, like, Paul here, he has a, a little bit of premonition, you know. It's not, you know, the direct prophecy, you know, that he sees in his dreams, right? But it's a little bit of insight, I guess you could put it, where he just kind of has a feel for what's going on, right? Um, so We don't maybe, really know maybe much. that's part of his, you know, like a sixth sense, if you put it that way. Just getting this negative, like mad, mad juju vibes out of this thing. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. The negative energy. Yeah. He's getting the negative. He's channeling the negative energy you know, instead of the positive energy. <laughs> Yeah. He's been, he's been doing it wrong. I don't know. The yang Yeah. to the yin. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, um, I'll move on from that. Cause I don't want to 
I don't want to speculate so much and then get it all wrong and then mm-hmm. and then we're we're also kind of pressed like, for time. Oh, okay. <laughs> We've already spent forty four minutes on like four pages and we still not we're almost done there. So uh, we'll oh, keep gosh. Um, so UA actually didn't willingly side with the Harkonnens, so he was kind of, I guess he was chosen, I mean, he, he, he's not happy about it, you know, so why would he agree, right? I mean, that, it keeps coming back, you know, Juan is probably not dead. Right? Yeah, I mean, I was thinking since UA is continuously, like, cursing the Harkonnens, calling them Harkonnen beasts, right. he must have been, like, blackmailed to betray the Atreides, because, well, I mean, I'm pretty sure the Atreides are known to be super loyal, and they had to pick out a weak point, which is Dr. Yue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And like, they yeah, it probably has to do with his wife. Yeah. Yeah. They did mention that like you could like change anything, like even like even imperial conditioning, you know, like, so like, I think this is his weak point. I just don't quite know what's going on. Cause I feel like he should be smarter, right? Like he mentioned mm-hmm. that she's dead, but then he also doesn't want to like, he also also like still willing to go through with this. I just feel like he's, I don't know, like, yeah, I mean, you would expect him to be smarter, but like, yeah, I you double would check his time. wife is alive, you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess he doesn't even really. I mean, I don't know if he knows what happened. Maybe he's just still holding out Maybe. hope. But I still, I yeah. believe that he knows it's it's a ransom, you know? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's sad. Um, yeah, it is pretty sad. Uh, I mean, UA is kind of stuck. He has his hands tied, you know. He doesn't have much. Yeah, he's in a dilemma. Yeah. Bad, bad situation. Yeah. Anyway, um, we'll move on to everybody's favorite sidebar, uh, our favorite quotes from this chapter. So uh, we do this every week for new listeners. (laughs) Uh, We just pick our three, each each of us picks our uh, favorite quote from the chapter and we discuss it a little bit. So I think, Fillmore, I'll let you start first. Yeah. So my quote is also from Juana's favorite passage of the Orange Catholic Bible, which is, think you of the fact that a deaf person cannot hear then what deafness may we not all possess? What senses do we lack that we cannot see and cannot hear another world all around us? Well, I believe this comment means that there are almost an infinite number of things happening on different planes of existence and that we'll probably never be able to comprehend them. And like strange sounds we'll never hear, spectacular colors that we'll never see and trillions of sights that we'll never witness. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, as humans, we think that we know so much and we're like, masters of logic and reason but the reality is that we like yeah yeah. but the reality is that we know almost like nothing of what there actually is Mm -hmm. like heck we barely even know our oceans yeah Uh like forget other dimensions like we live in we don't even know our own brains exactly (laughs) yeah yeah i mean as someone doing no studying neuroscience like there's just something like i just keep looking and looking you know and there's just stuff i don't no, yeah, we just something that we'll never understand. Yeah, it's just so many holes. Yeah, we literally live in an infinite universe that like never uh-huh. like stops, right? Yeah, it keeps uh-huh. expanding, right? And we just barely it's... cracked the surface. Yeah, like yeah. we barely know anything about it. Uh-huh. So I mean, there's just gonna be things that like defy reason and logic, and just yeah. like things, that, and we'll call we'll, we'll call those things beautiful, horrific, or stunning, but like mm-hmm. they'll just continue to exist. Yeah, just, I mean it's. It's like stuff, I, I think, you know, blindness kind of, I, I don't actually like deafness here. I kind of think blindness is probably better. Like, you know, we're like blind, even though like we can all see perfectly fine, right? But we're mm-hmm. blind to many facets of, of our lives, you know, and that you know, like even emotionally, you know, we're blind in some cases, right? Like, yeah. uh, you know, if someone needs comfort, maybe like we don't see that, right? Because, you know, it's so like, I guess like the, what, 
like then what deafness may we not all possess you know it's just everybody's blind on some level right or deaf i guess in this case yeah right yeah that's a really beautiful quote yeah <laughs> you phrased it very eloquently <laughs> yeah i hope i did yeah it was really um, nice yeah definitely yeah um so nolan i think did you have something here about like the bible uh, yeah i school? think one of y'all during discussions was like what mentioned like it sounded like like did it sound like something like the bible because i know it's from the orange catholic bible so one of y'all were asking and initially when i was reading it i guess it didn't really stand out to me like as anything very similar but like after going over a second time and like third time i guess it might resemble something like uh what i remember is like when jesus was like talking to his disciples it was like in matthew chapter 11 verse 15 it's like he that hath ears to hear let him hear basically uh -huh. like jesus was going like telling like a bunch of like confusing stories and like lessons to the people but like because like they didn't have enough the proper context like you know like foresight like the entire bible in their hands yeah. they didn't quite understand so i guess it's just like that like you know just like if you got if, like, if you're willing to listen just like listen you know just like listen up yeah. like, you'll put it you piece it together sometime yeah and it's also i guess another one i mean i'm not i don't study the bible so it's like a cliche quote but i thought it's something like like let he who has not committed sin like cast the first stone you know? oh like yeah. i was thinking that one because like you know but it's in this case like let he who is not deaf like cast the first stone you know like uh -huh. in this yeah. case so like you know everybody's you know everybody's got some brokenness right yeah so everybody has their own imperfections right. yeah yeah definitely um cool so i'll move on to my quote and actually uh i this is such a short chapter and then when i was going through taking notes the first time i like forgot to do my quote so like nolan fillmore stole the good quotes so i got left with Whoa. this one. <laughs> uh not that it's your fault i'm just lazy but uh so i i put i got the quote uh quote from water does all life begin um it's it's very short it's very cliche too but it's a good reminder that life kind of depends on natural resources right and mm -hmm. it also speaks well to the beliefs of herbert as an environmentalist as we saw in the first uh episode and in, of course in the and he like you know he like what, what was that word he like gave this book you know dedicated oh, that's the word i'm looking the for ecologist yeah to stuff? the ecologist yeah dedicated mm -hmm. i don't know why i can't speak english but uh <laughs> it, it also ties i guess in world um to the fact that dune doesn't have that much water and like the fremen are saving the, the water yes yeah, it's water's life you know they're kind of saving their life you know kind of a little bit they're very preciously like valuing their life you know so i'm actually i'm actually interested in seeing like how they practice this water saving on dune because i know that we have like certain water shortages around the world that like there's like water like yeah. safety practices i'm yeah. interested to know about those you know those the suits they wear you know yeah oh yeah the still, still suits still suits yeah yeah uh -huh. still suits. so i was wondering since like dune is a desert planet maybe they have some oases around oh you're right it's oh. like in every like desert there is some sort of oasis. Yeah, yeah, oasis. Even the Sahara, yeah there's oases. Yeah. yeah i mean maybe that, yeah that's very interesting i mean i feel like probably i'm leaning towards a no because yeah because uh, it is an extreme planet because yeah it's the extreme planet it's oh, extreme that's true. but yeah it, it is plausible you know mm -hmm. uh, that, yeah just a characteristic of a desert heck even yeah. minecraft deserts have oases you know <laughs> yeah. we all know minecraft is the perfect representation of ecology. yes yeah, yeah. floating okay. blocks all around ecologists please don't cancel us <laughs> <laughs> anyway i think that's all we have for that quote. that quote is just you know not so great I'm, i apologize but yeah 
Yeah. Okay. Like you. Yeah. Okay, let's move on to my quote. I chose the quote. We kind of already went over it, but it was like, polish comes from the cities, wisdom from the desert. So this quote really stood out to me because when I read polish comes from the cities, I don't know why, but I couldn't get out of my head the term like city girls. Oh my god. <laughs> it's like a very like, I don't, yeah. I don't want to say pop reference anymore because like, they're not really pop anymore. But yeah. like it's been referenced in like a lot of songs like from like the 19, like 1960s, 70s, like early 2000s. Uh, I guess one song that particularly stood out to me was like Lying Eyes by the Eagles, where they were like seeing like city girls just seem to find out early. Uh-huh. <laughs> I often yeah. search it up if you want another contact. <laughs> yeah, but, you well, know. They, yeah, you'll look it up. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess like the I guess to me it just seems like the easier way of life in the city just breeds like I guess like allows you to have like better aesthetics, you like take care of your body more. Mm-hmm. And I guess like city probably has more resources for like the water scarcity that they keep talking about. And then it is hard to like dispute that there's like less damage overall. So you're protecting the city, you know. Yeah. However, like I think also like I do enjoy the last part because it talks about like wisdom is from the desert, and they have like characterize the desert as like someplace like in- uninhabitable or like super hard at least. And I think that it's like this this characterization of like wisdom as like a pre like the prerequisite of wisdom is like surviving hardships in order to gain such wisdom. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. it just emphasizes that wisdom is like only obtained when one of the, the experiences that sets them apart and like really worn them to their bones. Like they've been yeah. through everything. Kind of learn through practical use. Yeah. Not, it's not good. wisdom as in, oh, I learned calculus in class, right? Like wisdom <laughs> as in, depth. you know, like, like literally wise as in, you know, I've had a lot of experience. Just like the way you would call your grandfather wise. Like my yeah, grandfather didn't you know my grandfather like stopped education in like middle school right but yeah he, he you know he's definitely wise because he's just lived through so many years he lived through you know world war Two, right i mean yeah, mm-hmm. where he was born around that time and then he he had he was like he served in the the chinese military you know and then he so he he has all this wisdom you know not that not that he has like school or traditional you know wise but mm-hmm. wise as in you know as in a like very you know experience person. Yeah, experience yeah. yeah that's a good yeah one. i was thinking like the wisdom could also be like the survivability genes of the fremen because since they've been living in the desert for so long they must have built some sort of adaptability to the desert right oh maybe yeah that kind of a natural selection thing right darwinism yeah, yeah so i guess that would make sense um mm-hmm. yeah may, i mean yeah, it's just but like, I feel like the idea of just like their technique of surviving in the desert makes more sense about wisdom. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Anyways, um, I don't think we have anything else. So I believe that concludes the discussion for this episode of the Do Not Enter podcast. Uh, make sure to read to chapter six next time and tune in when we discuss it. As always, thanks to all of you listeners uh, for being patient with us and being interested in our thoughts. Um, and follow us on Twitter at Do Not Enter reddit it's also do, u slash do not enter and please 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 email us at do not enter at gmail.com so we would love to hear from you uh, anything really with questions feedback or corrections implying we can make mistakes you know uh <laughs> and then or of course just to say hi to us ask how as how we've been you know that's that also works um, yeah and it then, really helped us a lot yeah uh give us a review on itunes or spotify if you enjoyed um five stars only of course so that it, it honestly it really helps us get up the charts because you know we're trying to climb the charts and then to, to get this podcast to more people um yeah so yeah so just give us you know head over it doesn't take more than a minute you know just click a button 
write something nice you know we really Just appreciate give me it. ego yeah. boost yeah um anyways <laughs> so have a great week and we will see y'all back very soon see you guys Bye, Jim.